the markets. We just can't get enough of them. Markets are the drivers of your wealth and investment strategy. Welcome to Magic Markets with your co-hosts, The Finance Ghost and Mohamed Nala. Together, we have more than 25 years of combined experience in the markets. In addition to our weekly free show that you know and love, we have now launched Magic Markets Premium, a weekly show for our subscribers in which we give detailed analysis on global stocks. Every premium show is accompanied by a report covering the company's strategic drivers, its operating environment, its competitors, bull versus bear case, technical trading indicators, and a long-term investment thesis. At just 99 Rand per month, we are committed to making institutional-level analysis affordable for all investors and traders. Visit magic-markets.com to go premium and unlock your full potential in the markets. Welcome to episode 56 of Magic Markets. Mo, this is our penultimate show of 2021, which is our second year of existence, but really we started very late last year, so it's really only been a full year. It's been an absolute treat. We've got this show, we've got one more in December, so let's get into it. And uh, welcome, firstly, although we just recorded the Disney show for Magic Markets Premium, so I've already seen you for a good uh, 35 minutes, and our, our premium subscribers will hopefully enjoy that show this week. But as ever, it's fun to do the free show as well. Yeah, likewise, Ghost. I think it's been a year. We started this up. I mean, it's it's, it's episode, as you said, episode 56. Uh, so that tells you that we've been running for about a year and a month. And it's been a really great journey with you and with the listeners. Uh, it's been a great evolution into Magic Markets Premium, where we share, obviously, our, our stock-specific insights. And we just hope that, you know, if you've just found us, if you've just discovered us, we hope that you're, you're in for the journey and that you join us uh, in Magic Markets Premium, where we really get into the nitty-gritty, into the detail, into the deep dives. So, Ghost, let's take our listeners through the treat that we have in store for them, even though they're not our subscribers yet, and I say this yet very cheap. Yeah, so we thought we'd go through, you know, on Magic Markets Premium, we've done sort of eight, nine shows now, and there's some wonderful themes that have come from them. And the idea behind the free show tonight is to basically go through some of those high-level themes that we've thought about, some of those really interesting insights, talk about some of the companies that we've covered, and to really encourage our listeners to come on board as Magic Markets Premium subscribers at 99 Rand a month. It really is a no-brainer. That's how it's been described to us by very prominent people in the market. Got a lot of people who have subbed. They're really, really enjoying it. We're loving it. So yeah, hopefully uh, some of the, the thoughts in this show will encourage people to, to take that step. Yeah, I'd like to think so. I mean, Ghost, I actually wrote something similar on my blog about a week ago because I said, you know, what does this actually digest and distill into? And I, I had a look at the stocks that we had covered at that point in time. Already, we had actually covered distinct industries. You know, we'd covered the banks. So that's finance. We've covered consumer non-durables. We've covered the technology sector. We've covered retail. We've, we've covered consumer durables. Uh, and now as we add into that, as we build out the library, what's been very fascinating is exactly that, is that you look at different sectors, you look at how does this correlate with some of the macro themes that we've discussed here on Magic Markets Podcast, not Magic Markets Premium, and then how, what are some of the themes, what are the threads that actually come through? So, you know, I think goes maybe a, a point to to start off on is I'll start off with some of the stuff that stood out for me uh, in each of the respective shows. And then maybe you can take the listeners through what stood out for you. But before you do that, I actually think I want to run through the list of shows. Okay. So what have we done so far? We've done Nike. 
Then we did something on the US banks and we decided to focus on three of them because they all release results at the same time. And a lot of the themes have come through, you know, once you've covered three of them, you've kind of covered all of them and you've at least thought about the key stuff. So in there, we looked at Goldman Sachs, we looked at JP Morgan and we looked at Wells Fargo. Then there was Microsoft, personal favorite of mine. Then we looked at Etsy, very interesting, very modern business, certainly. Monster Beverages, ex-South Africans who built that thing, great business. Then we looked at Intuit, which you thought was very boring until you realized that there's a lot more to it than just QuickBooks accounting software. Then we had a look at Ford, which has been a, a personal favorite of mine this year. It's smashed the Tesla share price return as I wrote in Ghostmail this past week. And it's a share that I hold, which is nice. Then we wrote about Visa, an amazing moat. And we'll talk about that maybe, you know, later in the show. And we've literally just recorded on Disney, which will go live later this week. So we've had a great spread of global stocks. All of these stocks are available in the library. And yeah, let's get into it. What are some of the themes that we, we like from this? Yeah, so I mean, Ghost, I think the, the point I want to first touch on is that it goes into the library. So for our subscribers, you can go in there. It's not as though you're just going to get the latest episode, the latest deep dive. You will have access to all of these shows that we've discussed. I'm going to go into it. I'm going to it in the sequential order in which we had covered it. So for example, what stood out for me, and I'm going to pull these and then we can bucket them into mega themes and, and some of the stuff that we're seeing is that... At Nike, what stood out for me was the massive disintermediation and how Nike was actually disintermediating the middleman. Uh, yes, they have tie-ups with the like of Foot Locker, but it was all about going direct to the consumer. They launched a new app, and that was an interesting thing that stood out for me. And then when we went across to the banks, uh, we always like to scratch beneath the surface. And again, for those of you that are not subscribers or for those of you that are subscribers and maybe you missed some of the detail in the write-up, go and look beneath the surface. Because for me in the banks, we had a very interesting chart there which looked at the stress tests and how the various banks performed in the stress tests. And what was so fascinating for me is it showed you how different banks different earnings mix, depending on whether you're exposed to investment banking or the consumer or mortgages, responded very differently under the stress test. And that gave you a nice insight in terms of the quality of the companies that you were buying in that banking sector. So that stood out for me in banks. Then, like you say, Microsoft, that's something that, you know, I, I've liked that stock for a long time. But what is fascinating for me is that other than its Microsoft Office suite of products, in a lot of the other industries and markets that Microsoft operates in, it's not the number one player. It's the number two player. And they have this habit of acquiring their competitors, but they almost stay below the radar. And that was something that was interesting for me in, in, in Microsoft. Ghost, do you want me to run through the whole list? Or yeah, do you want to stop up. in there and tell me? No, I want to I hear what stands out for you. It's actually interesting for me as well, to be honest. Okay, so then, then we had Etsy. And I think the nugget that stood out for me in Etsy was just how they defined active users. Because literally, if you used Etsy once in a year, you were defined as an active user. And that's just so important to highlight to, to, to listeners and to subscribers why you need to look beyond the narrative in the earnings releases. Because a lot of this can hinge on how companies choose to define their universe. Uh, then we moved across to Monster. Uh, Monster is a monster of a business. There's a special affinity there. It was, you know, South African expats living up here in North America, became billionaires. Uh, maybe it's aspirational for me. But the thing that stood out for me in Monster was that a lot of the, the earnings that came through over the last several years were tied to those tax rates. And that's actually something you found, Ghost, in terms of looking through the financials, which is why it's so important that we look at this from a trading perspective 
and from a financial perspective. Bottoms up, top down, and we find these very interesting nuggets. So that was on Monster. Then Intuit, not an accounting business. That's all I'm going to say, not an accounting business. Ford, for me, uh, you know, it's this iconic North American company, but there's a lot of balance sheet repair. And in, in my head, it almost looks like this great car, this Mustang, maybe an old Mustang. It's sitting in the driveway, but maybe it just needs a really good service. I think Ford, some interesting stuff we found there, but the balance sheet repair component was certainly one that stood out for me. And then lastly on Visa, uh, Visa, the thing that stood out for me is every Visa transaction in the world gets processed at only one of four processing centers globally. Just let that sink in. It tells you the kind of amazing technology and moat that a company like Visa has. That stood out for me. And then lastly, Disney. Uh, Disney, we won't spoil the fun. That's our latest show, so I'm not going to actually say what stood out for me on that. If you want to know that, you've got to be inside and you've got to be a subscriber. Ghost, take us through what stood out for you in the last couple of episodes. Yeah, so more interestingly enough for me, I think it's more the high-level stuff and the type of things we talk about in each show rather than necessarily company-specific insights. So, for example, the supply chain issues come through quite often, and it can come through in Nike and in Ford, for example. It's quite incredible. So we see that theme playing out. There's no doubt about it. Another theme that comes through is that your total addressable market, your TAM, which is a favorite of growth investors, we always talk about what is the TAM. And that just means what is the total market that you can sell to in simple terms. And it changes over time. And the reason it changes is because the best management teams find ways to make the TAM bigger. So for example, Microsoft has done that. Intuit has done that. And it helps give the business a much bigger target to aim for, a much bigger pool to swim in. And then all you need is a meaty market share of this new pool and suddenly your business has doubled or tripled in size, whether it's through some clever M&A or a nice product pivot or whatever the case may be. And interestingly enough, a lot of these growth companies, I think the DCF valuation technique, so discounted cash flows, which is certainly you know a lot of my theoretical base, it generally underestimates what the best management teams can do because inevitably what happens is you do one or two specific years of forecasts and then you do a terminal value and you're always taught to make it quite conservative. Don't assume these big growth rates into perpetuity because it's just not real life. But the problem with that is that you can really underestimate the value of the company if the management team keeps finding phenomenal ways to grow high, you know, high teens or in the 20s even, for five and 10 years. The DCFs just, they don't understand this, or, or at least you can make them understand it by putting that in as your input, but then people laugh at you and tell you that you're insane. Um, and then I love talking about the moats with you. So we always go and discuss, you know, what is this company's moat actually? And we don't always agree. And I think this is something important for Magic Markets listeners. You know, what you don't hear is the many hours of prep and the many conversations before each show where Mo and I sometimes go into it with different views and then we either convince each other of something different, which is part of the process, or we actually just agree to disagree and just say, okay, you know what, like you're slightly more bullish, I'm slightly more bearish, whatever the case may be. And the moat's really important and it can be defined in, in so many different ways. Like in Visa, for example, their payment rails are their moat. But then you look at stuff like crypto and buy now, pay later, and you think to yourself, mm, how strong is this moat? Then you go and do the research and you see that Visa has actively responded to that through either M&A or partnerships. You know, their view is if you move money from A to B, they don't mind how much of that they participate in as long as they touch that process somewhere. So 
you know, so much of the joy is in actually learning about the different business models, how they respond to themes in the world. And there's lots of them. There's inflation as well. You know, that's another one that, that comes through quite often. And in doing so, it's not just about deciding whether or not we would invest in, you know, that specific company. Would we buy Visa shares? There's so much more to it than that. It actually helps us get better at how to properly understand a business model. I mean, the bull box and bear box, our subscribers would have seen this. This is where we go through and we come up with four or five factors that would make us bullish or bearish, as the case may be. So you're kind of arguing against yourself the whole time. And it's a wonderful way to actually test your thinking, manage your bias going into it, and actually come out with a, a better final decision. Yeah, I think that's so important, Ghost, because, I mean, for me, part of this entire process that's been very cathartic was was exactly that, is you go in sometimes with preconceived notions around a stock. Uh, that's the emotive component. And we take that emotion out of it, and we look at the hard numbers. We look at what the price action is telling us. We look at what the underlying business is doing in the earnings. And we then formulate our investment thesis. So you know, I almost went about this particular podcast that we're doing now the other way around. I said, what specific issue stood out for me in each specific show? And that's fine because I think subscribers will appreciate that in case they missed something. I think non-subscribers will appreciate it because it shows them something under the hood uh, and maybe entices them to, to become subscribers. But I think you know, as we pull these, these themes and these threads out of it, the stuff that on a mega trend worked for me, and it's fascinating for me as a macro guy to see this come through from the bottoms up research as well. As you've touched on it, it's yes, it's supply chain. Uh, there's the direct to consumer model, which, like you said, was Nike, Disney, Etsy, for example. Uh, there's also the stuff, for example, that you don't necessarily pick up. So, when comparing a Ford to a Disney, for example, or a Netflix to a Tesla, people are going to think I'm completely nuts. But if you have a look at how Disney's approached its geographic expansion, there's some similarities in that to how Ford has approached its own strategy of how its brand is perceived globally. Uh, if you look at Netflix, there's some similarities for me between that and a Tesla. So, you know, those are things that are maybe not obvious themes that come through to you. The other thing that stood out for me is how powerful capital light businesses can be. You know, we've compared a vast array of businesses here. Some of them are very capital intensive, like a Ford. And then we compared those to very capital light businesses. And you can see that. You can see that, oh, wow, you generate such a supercharged return on equity. But when you compare that, take it a step further. When you compare that to how much you're paying for the opportunity to invest in that stock at a price today, it yields a fascinating fascinating insight in that you could be looking at a phenomenal company, but your investment return is going to be linked to what you're paying for that. And that's really what we want to resonate with ourselves, with our subscribers, with our listeners. A last point, fascinating. And I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's new. It's this talk around the metaverse and crypto. And the fact that you don't just have to be in the tech sector to be looking at that, that trends like those could have direct ramifications for stocks like Nike or stocks like Visa, or maybe even the banks or Disney. So that's what's fascinating for me, Ghost, is that as part of our process, you've discussed bull and bear box. We always look at a competitor analysis. Sometimes the very next stock that you decide to research is maybe because the CEO of Wells Fargo was once the CEO of Visa. And hey, presto, that's an interesting one. So you, you pick up stuff where you're looking at competitors, or you're looking at where management's come from, and you might think of a company or an investment case that you never thought of before. And that's all part of the learning experience that certainly has me very excited. And a big part of where we spend our time is on the segmentals. 
So for me personally, I've always felt that these groups can only be understood by looking at the segmentals, understanding where they actually make their money, what the trends are in each segment, how that rolls up into an operating margin, and then how the company uses that money in the operating margin to actually go and structure its balance sheet or make acquisitions or pay dividends or do share buybacks or whatever the case is. So it's, it is, it's this very bottom-up approach that I take. It's this very top-down approach that you take. And I think it's resulted in a, in a very special thing. And we've really had great feedback on Magic Markets Premium. And, you know, what we wanted to do on this show was just give an idea of what's under the hood there. And to our listeners, it really does make a great opportunity to give the gift of knowledge this festive season. Buy it for a loved one. Buy it for someone who you think will be interested. Buy it for yourself. Give yourself the chance to learn about the markets next year. And also just to learn about how companies make decisions. And that's the last thing I wanted to raise was, you know, as an entrepreneur myself, and Mo, you are as well, you know, we do this thing together. I've been involved in a bunch of other businesses as of you in your life. And it's amazing how you can learn from the biggest companies in the world, see how they react to trends, see what they do, and take those lessons and apply them into your own business at this very micro level versus what Disney does or Intuit or Ford. But if you are constantly feeding your brain the stuff around how big companies make money, survive a crisis, navigate through it, just you're guaranteed to have a better chance of making better decisions, at least in your own business. Yeah, I think, Ghost, you've touched on so many key points there. And it's really that this is a journey of learning for, for all of us. You know, we're learning as we go through this process as well. So it's not as though we're just there sharing our thoughts. Is that we learn. We learn from our subscribers. They've come to us with feedback to say, hey, have you looked at this stock? Or, hey, have you thought of this? And that process means that it's actually value accretive for us on this side, as well as for our listeners, as well as for our subscribers. A last point I just want to raise is that we understand that there's a huge segment of the market of people who don't necessarily want to look at the long-term investment thesis. They're looking at what are the opportunities in and out of the stock over a short-term, medium time frame. And that is also why we incorporate, it's, it's, it's light, it's not necessarily the detailed stuff. We do a lot of the detailed work behind the scenes. There's only so much we can actually put onto the podcasts. There's only so much that we can actually put into the write-up and the report. But we do a technical analysis. And from that, we actually indicate what are the medium-term support resistance levels. And that's for our listeners and our subscribers who have more of a trading mindset, more of a trading interest. We try to wrap all of that up into what we would like to think is the immersive, all-inclusive Magic Markets premium experience. Absolutely, Mo. And I think we can probably wrap it up there. It's the second last show of the year. The next one, we're going to be talking about some of the good decisions we made this year, some of the bad decisions we made this year in our own portfolios. So that should be that should be a fun way to finish the year. But in the meantime, to our listeners, go check out magic-markets.com. For 99 Rand a month, we have created something very, very special and unbelievably affordable. It really is great value for money. That's it from us this week. Thank you. Go check it out. Give us feedback. And uh, thank you for listening this year. It really has been a wonderful journey. Remember to visit thefinanceghost.com and monos.com for more detailed insights. This podcast was for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial or investment advice. Please consult your personal financial advisor.